Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, episode 33. My name's John. I'm not being screwed over by James or Ryan on this uh, first take. Go ahead, Ryan, take it away. The episode here is still young, the, John. Here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to <laughs> jump in front of people when they're about to announce that here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently chaos, picked up, talk about games that we've currently played or are playing, and uh, we also like to shake it. Are you referring to our... Uh, Inflation, deflation challenge, John. That's exactly what I'm talking about. James? He's over here laughing. Uh, it's so hard to keep a straight face when he's doing that. It, you know, I tried to do it a while back, and you screwed me up. I almost had it, and you just messed me up on it. We'll try it so, now. Games that were recently... Now, oh, God damn it, James. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go ahead and start with our recent pickups. I think I'm the only one that got a game this week. You sure are, John. So I got a coffee mug. Does it have any video game references on it? Yes. What does it have? It has a really cheapy version of the World War One One Station Super Mario Bros. All right, so on the my reason. Mario, <laughs> and it changes from dark to light whenever I put coffee in it, John. Oh, I have uh, I have that too. Yeah. It's a white mug, right? And it has a little Game Boy screen on it? No, nah, it's like that though, but without the Game Boy. Okay. Yeah, I have one of those too. It's actually yeah. pretty badass. Yeah, it's not worth the $13 I paid for it. I think I paid 10 for mine free shipping. I don't think it's worth the 10 you paid for it. Probably not. I think it's still cool. All right. Yeah. So uh, my recent pickups, uh, I, for whatever reason, have been scouring limited run games for titles. <laughs> there you go. So I didn't find anything I wanted. The one game I did want, I forget the name of it now uh, because I had no shot at it, was limited to 1,500 copies. <laughs> I was going to buy it. And then, of course, I looked on the bottom and it said, no limit to how many you could purchase. I'm like, if you're going to have 1,500, what's stopping somebody from buying 100? That just made no sense to me. So, you guys want to explain the how the limited run game system works for anybody that doesn't know? Sure. Because I know I had just heard about it today when you guys were talking so about it. So limited run games gets contracts from different developers that have released digital games. And what they do is they release physical media on different consoles uh, through a limited run of that physical copy. So some games have contracted rates where it's 3,000 games. Some are, you know, 50,000, 150 games, whatever it may be. They just have different contracts that are in place, and then it purposefully inflates the market for that type of game. The issue I have is that some games they have contracted are, hey, you can only purchase one title per person. And then there's others, like the one I was looking at the other day, where it was, you could purchase as many as you want, there's no limit. I've seen some as high as like 30 per limit. Like That just makes no sense to me. If you're going to make a limited product, make it limited purchase. Exactly. And uh, due to the rabid consumerism uh, that plagues our modern day, they all sell it within minutes. It's uh, ridiculously fast. Now, to be fair, every now and then they do have something very cool and unique. Like, uh, again, going back to the rabid consumerism, fanboyism that is a huge part of video game culture nowadays. They did the re-release of Night Trap, a limited run. But one of the cool things is it comes in a VHS uh, case and like you know all these little things, like extra things that are appropriate for it. All right, that's kind of cool. Um, but I have never really been a fan of their business practice because of those and because um, they basically they hand feed the scalpers is what they really do. I would easily say a vast majority of their well, okay, not a vast majority, but a good chunk of their sales comes from scalpers. I mean, anytime. There's a new interesting limited run game announced. You can go ahead and just go right on eBay and immediately see people already have it up for sale before it's even been released for purchase. Before they even have their, their own purchase of it guaranteed. Yeah, and I, I did notice that too. So the title that I was uh, 
looking at immediately was on eBay for 50 bucks when it was a $30 price point. However, there were a couple at 35 so I don't know if that speaks to the... And I don't know why they would be $35 anyways, uh, unless there's some sort of like bulk discount you get with them. But yeah, I mean, I, I saw it online after the fact. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pay secondhand for this one. Um, as cool as it looked, it was like a an airplane type tactical game where you fly through the skies and kind of like a, a top view shooter. It was interesting. Yeah, another of my grumbles with them is uh, the reason their name is called Limited Run Games is because they, they don't do second printings or anything like that. Um, and one well, of the reasons they, they don't do that is because they, they would have do. to pay the publisher. Well, they, when did they start doing well, that? Well, they have contracts where, um, for example, they're going to be re-releasing a limited edition of the game that just... Uh, I think it was Memor- Memorita, I think is the game that they had. Limited to 3,000 copies, but they're also releasing a collector's edition version that they were contracted to. And then later on in the next um, month, they're going to be doing like a pack for like 250 where you can get like five or six different games that they've released. Thanks to the magic of audio, you can't see the what the fuck face I'm making at John as he's telling me this shit. Well, all I'm saying is that they have different... like. They have the initial 1500 but then they're doing re-releases now, which is ridiculous. Yeah, a because more expensive versions just because they can, because exactly. they know they've created an artificial uh, desire for it. Yeah, so uh, to get back into what I picked up, I picked up Rainbow Moon on the PS4. Limited Run did, um, it was 3,000 copies on PS4 and 3,000 copies on Vita. Uh, so I picked that up. It looks pretty cool. It's a tactical RPG. Um, I was recently looking at a list of the longest rpgs in existence in terms of hours and uh that was one of them i think it was somewhere around 80 or 85 hours of gameplay oh so, they're looking for tactical rpgs looking farther than the ps2 well yeah i mean the ps2 has tons of them that i enjoy mm-hmm. ps1 as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. why what what are you referring to no i'm just saying like you really want some tactical rpgs yeah no i mean some of my favorite rpgs are tactical based rpgs arc the lad is probably a close to the top of my list in terms of uh, games that I've played that I've really enjoyed, and that's a tactical-based RPG. What, what what face are you getting? Brian, what are you doing? Hmm? Oh, he's looking up articles, dude. You're I, supposed no, to give I us a long pause. The, I was looking through the limited-run games. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, and there's some interesting kind of stuff in here. So are these all just... They're basically just released at the same price as the game would be? No. No. So, price. like, Rainbow Moon, for example is probably like a $5 digital download because mm. um, it's been out for about four years now. Uh, the Rainbow Moon, cop- the the, po- the copy that I picked up, the physical copy, uh, came with another game that's normally about 10 bucks off my eBay listing. So I got it for about 25 bucks is what I would have paid for Rainbow Moon. And uh, while it's not a digital copy and it's not cheaper, I now have the physical game, which is what I wanted. Well, see, so. it's like, so they've got Psychonauts for PS4, for $30 or the special edition for $70, which comes with a bunch of stuff. But it's like, so what would you pay for Psychonauts right now? Nothing because I own it. I think I own it. But I mean, like, what I I guess I'll just look up what it costs on the PlayStation market right I now. I do own it on you the Xbox. You should totally do that, yeah. Because there, okay. you know, there should be some expected markup because it's a physical printing of a game, especially a Switch game. But. Uh, for the most part, no. They usually almost all start at sixty bucks and above, and then they go down if they all actually no, sell out. No, they most of them start at twenty-five to thirty. Mm, I disagree. I I've been on there for the last like week. They have certain ones that are in the sixty range. So like you're, you're you're admitting you're a patron of limp, limited run games. No, I'm not saying. a patron. I actually never made a purchase from limited run games directly. 
10 bucks. 10 bucks is what so it is. You're paying some- 20 bucks for the case and whatever insert book that they, you know, made a new version of. Well, if, if you they, think about it, bothered. yeah. Well, and if you think about it in terms of like collecting, you have loose games that'll go for $10 and oh yeah, it's 30 complete. You're paying for the case in a box if you look at it from that respect. Yeah. So, um, but that was my only pickup. From what I understand, you guys had no pickups. Nope, nothing. Shame yeah, on we, you. We chose not to support limited run games. I didn't support them. Secondhand, he did. I didn't. Betrayal. I supported the eBay seller that bought from limited run games. And he also gave me a copy of a game that he bought from GameStop. Another dumpster fire. Betrayal. So, betrayal. <laughs> sure. All right. So, uh, currently playing. Uh, I guess I'll start this one off since I haven't stopped talking. I yeah, that's just, a good point. Ryan, you should go first. He shouldn't go first. What do you play? Uh, so last night, uh, me and my wife, we just played What Remains of Edith Finch, and it was really cool. All right, now it's John's turn. No, I'm just going. Keep keep no, going. We, I curious. actually want to hear about this. Yeah, yeah so uh, I've, oh, always right, that heard, yeah, I've always heard... I've always heard good things about this game, and I've always seen a clip of the, the cannery segment. The cannery and, segment? Yeah. Is there like literally a cannery? Oh, spoiler yeah, alert. Where they like make cans? No, where they can things. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, make canned goods. Yeah. So, anyways, um, it's a, it's an interesting take on trying to multitask and trying to use unique controls to get you immersed in the gameplay. And I was really happy to see how that kind of carried on throughout the rest of the game that I hadn't really seen much footage for. And... Uh, Graphically, I thought it was very nice to look at. The music was great. The mood was great. It was a nice, easy, like, three-hour playthrough, like, watching a long movie, kind of. But the the actual little interactions here and there and just watching this whole story unfold was really rewarding, and I think it was definitely worth the playthrough. So it's free uh, last month on PS Plus, so that's over now, but... If uh, if you picked it up and you haven't played it, definitely play it. I, I think it's a hundred percent worth the time. Reminds me, I gotta re-up my PlayStation Plus account. It's uh, forty dollars during A three right now, so I would hop on that if I were you. I'm yeah. thinking about doing it myself. Mine doesn't end until October, but you know, I think I got mine during E three last year because they were running a similar deal. Mine expired in February, and I just haven't touched my PS four actually since February. So haven't got it for that reason. Uh, James, you want to go next? Oh, what are we doing again? Oh, yeah. What are we playing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually started playing Shovel Knight on my Vita. Uh, I was starting to play the Vard still on Vita, but eh, the whole I I found when I modified the uh, the Vita so that I could actually project it onto my TV via Steam Link that uh, the Vita does not charge via USB unless it is completely powered off. So what? You, yeah, turns out it will not charge via USB unless it's powered off. So that's kind of a showstopper because the USB is how I'm streaming it through the computer. Uh, I'll still get like you know two or three hours of playtime out, but it's kind of annoying. Uh, also, I have the bar still on PS2 with the HDMI adapter, so I'll play it that way. So I did, got curious. I was like, you know what? Shovel Knight's been on my to-do list for a while. Let me let me give this a shot. And um, I have to say, what everyone says about it is dead on. The controls are just tight. They're they're about as perfect as they're gonna get. Anytime I screw up, I know I screwed up, not the other way around. There's only been one or two parts that felt kind of cheap. But I am still early in the game. Um, I just got to uh, Plague Knight stage, which <laughs> is fucking hard. Like, right from the beginning, I was kind of surprised by that. Mm. 
but I'm definitely looking forward to playing through it. I'm just worried that it'll be one of those games that will outlast its welcome that they they intentionally stretch it out farther than they should not at all okay i I beat it three years ago it's a phenomenal game i actually really enjoyed it now they do have a a new game plus after the fact Um, yeah the vita version has where i can actually well i can actually flip on the fly between like uh shield knight plague knight shovel knight and i think king knight or specter knight that was it yeah i played on the the wii u i only beat it with uh shovel knight i didn't beat it with plague knight or anybody else um, yeah i've heard that uh plague knight it's more or less the same but specter knight the game changes completely yeah i mean i haven't messed with it since then i mean if i ever want to pick it up and play plague knight i can but yeah you're you're spot on man the game is is really good i i enjoyed it when i played it a while back yeah it kind of makes me want to go back and retry ducktales remaster because uh DuckTales on the NES, everyone's like, oh my god, so hard. I don't think that one's too hard other than, you know, the parts where you just don't know what to do because, you know, it's Nintendo. They weren't very capable of putting too many hints in the game of how to continue. But as far as DuckTales Remastered, I remember just getting pissed off of that game early on. Like, it was frustrating to play. Um, so I'm going to go back and try it again because it feel anyone who hasn't played Shovel Knight, it feels very much like DuckTales where you're... You're pogo hopping, and instead of like whacking things with your cane and like a golf club, instead you're shoveling. Um, but it, it is a lot of fun. I definitely recommend picking it up. Maybe I'll do Guacamelee next. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm still itching to play Hollow Knight. I've wanted to play all three of those games, and I never will at this rate. Well, Get maybe you can Switch. watch us. They're all digital. Yeah. So, uh, they have to limited run games. Right. Just saying. Speaking of difficult games that are frustrating and make you want to pull your hair out. I think you know where I'm going with this, James. So I'm drawing a blank, but go on. Oh, no, you won't be after this. So uh, my wife and I yesterday decided oh. to... Yep, she's oh, been yeah. playing Zelda 2. And she finally beat every dungeon except the final dungeon. And you have to take... You know, the original castle you're at, you have to go all the way through across the entire world, go through multiple battles, go through multiple, tra- multiple traps, get hit with random encounters, and... You finally get to this castle, okay? It took us probably 10 or 12 tries just to get there and avoid taking damage. So we finally get to the castle. There's probably 25 levels you have to go through in this castle just to get to not two, one boss, two bosses at the final part of the game with three lives and having to get through all that crap. And it's just stupid hard. It's not Nintendo hard. And anybody that says, well, you just don't know how to play games. No, screw that. That game is just hard. You come up to a blue knight that is throwing things at you and jumping up and down with a shield and you cannot destroy <laughs> him, okay? And you have three lives and very limited, you know, magic power, very limited HP. Every time he hits you, you're taking like a fourth of your life. Unbelievable how hard that gets. And um, yeah, so that, that's really what we were getting into yesterday. And I, I swear probably about 20 minutes into us playing, I was like, you know what? I'm going to consider it that you beat this game. Absolutely. There's no way that I would say you have to go through this and say you completed it. Unless she had save states, there's no way you can possibly. I mean, you can, obviously. People have done it. But unless you have save states, this game is damn near impossible. Yeah. I mean, different strokes for different folks, but I think it's a terrible game. John's wife, if you're listening, you're still a BAMF, in my opinion, uh, to make it through, to have the fucking strength and the patience to make it that fucking far into that goddamn game. And for anyone who never really played or doesn't quite understand, the best way in my mind to describe it is the original legend of zelda when it came out was something completely new and different and and it's all right it's difficult in a way but it's not insurmountable 
Zelda 2, and it's not so much they made it different. It very much reminds me of arcade games back in the day where, like, they didn't really have an idea where they wanted to go. As soon as you said that fucking blue knight throwing things and jumping up and down and has the shield, right? So imagine this, you're on a 2D plane with the enemy who's coming at you with the shield that he'll raise and lower, so you're trying to randomly trying to stab him in the head or in the legs to try to actually hit the son of a bitch. Meanwhile, he's attacking you and you don't have a shield. Exactly. He's probably stabbing at you with his little stubby sword and throwing things at you, and normally you would do a jump and down thrust on his head, except oh, now he's fucking jumping. Well, no, and not even that. Like, we were doing the jump and down thrust, and he won't die. Oh, fuck that. You're yeah. probably just supposed to run under him. But yeah, little things like that. Cause no, the you, game... you can't because he moves back at the same time. Oh, yeah. I forgot he about that part. They keep backing away. Yeah. So, and you have this little stumpy little butter knife. Just the whole thing. I find it stupefying that Nintendo output this game. And it wasn't just a, a copy and paste like Mario Brothers 2, um, where they just took an existing game and threw it out there. That, that We actually created this. It's like, did you guys really play test this much you know and i know there is a lot of rabid fans out there like it's not that hard you just suck at video games um no it's uh the the happy video game nerd said it best uh, where someone had commented on uh battletoads on one of his facebook posts years ago and he said games like battletoads are a perfect example of how not to make a game difficult you know, where this game is fucking great, it's amazing, it's got a really cool style, and then it's just fucking ridiculously hard for the sake of being hard. Matter of fact, I would say Battletoads is probably fucking easier than Zelda 2. Uh, at this point, I would say so, because Battletoads, you go through at least that one level, once you master that one particular level getting through at a high speed. Oh, the speeder bike? Yeah, like you once know, you there's another that. one later on in the game, too. Okay, we'll say there's but two still, of But still, once you've done that one, it's like, holy shit, the next one is still going to be hard, but you're kind of accustomed to it. You yeah, know? this it's is like the bridge levels in Crash. Like, Crash is a tough game, yeah. and once you get over those bridges, it's really not that harder on the other side. You can yeah. get through it. Yeah, exactly. And there's ways to get around it, and there's ways to get through that appropriately, and you don't feel like you're struggling each and every moment. Like, you don't think, like, the game is against you when you play a Crash Bandicoot bridge. When you miss a jump, you're like, all right, yeah, I just straight up missed a jump, or I didn't time that I, enemy I correctly. gave up. I had to run on the ropes. I, I couldn't do the actual platforming it wanted me to do. I just wasn't capable of it. Yeah, we did two for the most part. I think yeah. we got through it later on without the ropes, but... Yeah, we did a, a blend of the two. Yeah, but... No, this game is just, to your point, it's hard just to be hard. It doesn't seem like anybody playtested it. You're going to have rabid fanboys that'll speak against you and say, well, it's, you know, you're just not good at games. No, I played a lot of hard games in my time. This is just stupid oh, hard. Oh, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, other games I'm playing, or playing and beat. Uh, so, I did beat Super Metroid. So, last week, I think we had, we were in Meridia and uh, knocked that out. So, you obviously, after we recorded the podcast, we beat that. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I actually really enjoyed that game a lot. I need to get into the next uh, Metroid game down the road. And uh, what, which one would you recommend? Uh, next one, I would say, uh, as I did before, either Project AM2R, which is Project Another Metroid 2 Remake, which is the one that got a um, Docs, Dr. 64 or Doc 64 was working on for 10 years. I literally would periodically check on the guy's website over these past 10 years to see, like, hey, is he still working on this? Holy shit, he is. Holy shit, this looks better every time I come back every year or two. Um, but he's the one that, like, as soon as he released it, Nintendo just, you know, fucking banhammered him with the takedown notice. 
Uh, and of course, then release their own. I would still recommend strongly, if you enjoy Super Metroid or Metroid Zero Mission or even Fusion, definitely check out Project AM2R before you play the Metroid 2 Samus Returns on uh, 3DS. Um, but I would say between that or Zero Mission. Zero Mission, I would say do that first because it's actually a remaster or a remake of the original Metroid. So you're going to have all the cool stuff from Super Metroid plus some additional things. Like you can hang from ledges and lots of little cool things. Sounds good, man. And it'll actually help fill in the story for you too. And then the other thing uh, that I started playing is our, uh, what do you call it, new games resolution. So I started playing Sukaden 2 uh, the other day. I'm about three hours in. Uh, so far, so good. What? What are you no, looking at? I was just saying, like halfway through the year. Halfway through the year? Oh, yeah. We had the goal that we would beat it by the end of 2019. So I could start it whenever I want. I've just been dragging my feet. Yeah, he's been dragging his feet. I've been playing other games. Me too, and I'm still ahead of both of y'all. That's fucked. You were already midway through your game, you said. And your game was five hours. Yeah, no, I chose wisely. <laughs> yeah, I think when we equaled it out, you had the lower end in terms of hours needed. I had the high end, and Ryan had the middle. Yeah. Well, that's why I picked three games. Yeah, that's why I picked yeah. two, John. I still got to wait for uh, Steam Cell to get. Yeah, out Ryan's one. three games equal maybe twenty five hours. Yours, I think, equal ten. Well, technically, 12. I'm going to play two more games. I'm going to play through Half Life One, and I'm just going to go ahead and do Half Life Two plus Episode One, Episode Two. And just... Yeah, but that wasn't your original goal. I My original goal is I'm halfway done. Uh huh. All right. Well, I got see. off my ass and got it done. I am getting well, off actually, my ass. Actually, I and got it done. on my ass and got it done, but still. That too. No, I've been standing while playing. I got off my ass. So, Sukunin 2 so far definitely reminds me of Sukunin 3. Uh, I would hope so, because they only take place three years apart in terms of that world. And uh, for anybody who hasn't played, it's pretty much a uh, standard turn-based RPG. You can actually use six characters. Um, there's Unite abilities where different team members that have some sort of relationship can uh, combine forces and defeat different enemies. And the storyline takes place with a kingdom that uh, has a rebellion that just finished occurring three years prior. It's in the middle of war again. And you have uh, princes and all that are trying to uh, pretty much retake the throne and are conspiring against their own kingdoms. Uh, that's pretty much the gist of what I've gotten so far. And right now at this point, I am just character building. So I'm picking up all of the different characters that I can grab throughout the game. I think... In last week's podcast episode, we had mentioned that like Sukaden 2 had like 200 or so different, or Sukaden 1 had like 200 characters that you could pick up for different arcs. Yeah. I think this one has 108, if I'm correct. Uh, so right now I've got about six. That, that's pretty much where I stand. And I'm not going to be going around this game trying to get every single possible character. There's just no way. It's it's a waste of my time. 124. In this Fuck. one? Character count. In Sukaden 1 or? Two. Two? How many are in Chrono Cross? I don't think Chrono Cross had that many. Chrono oh, no, Cross had like 40-something, is... right? I don't know. I, mean, I think you're thinking of the endings. No, no, that's Chrono Trigger you're thinking No, of. no, Chrono Cross had a ton of endings as no, well. No, Chrono Cross had like three endings. It did? Yeah, Chrono Trigger had a ton of endings, which were mostly just a copy and paste of each other because limitations of hardware. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I remember when I played Chrono Cross, I there's generally you cannot get to every character in one play run because if you pick one, you can't get this other. But I do remember when I played it, doing my best to get almost all the characters um, but when you're done with that, Ryan, I remember you saying that you're... I don't know how many that is. Is uh, that the characters you're talking about? I can count them yeah. up, but... One, one two, three, four. That's that eight by four. Four times eight. Well, 32. Some of the boxes have two characters in them. Oh, so, son of a bitch. We'll yeah. say between 32 and 64 characters. 
Yeah, but, it's quite a few. Yeah. So that's actually a game. I, it's top of my list. That's my favorite game of all time. And I really hope they make a remake of that game down the road. That's one that I would they, replay. I think we said that last week. Maybe yeah. it wasn't on the podcast, but they really should just do a a pack of Chrono Trigger, Radical Dreamers, and Chrono Cross. Yeah, we did say it last week. Yeah, just like they, they could do a Secret of Mana pack, but I don't think it would sell as well. No, that right there would sell perfectly. All right, but, well... Um, well, I was curious, though. Brian said he uh, he had been itching to play Gradius 1 and 2. I was wanting to know more about that. Oh, I was listening to an old Retronauts, and they were talking about Gradius, so I was... I don't know. I just thought I'd check it out. They made it sound pretty fun. I played like a little bit of the first level of Gradius and that's mm. it. It's yeah. it's a shmup. It's uh I was just I wanted to see what they were talking about with the options mm-hmm. and stuff cuz I'd never played any of them. So now that I've kind of seen that, I want to see about playing um the one for GBA cuz oh, that'll yeah. be a better update that I can check out. Since I don't have, uh, I'm playing on a flash cart for my GBA Micro, mm-hmm. so no Super Nintendo for me. So no Gradius three. We'll get you. A, uh, we can get you like a DS with a flash cart. I I wanted it this way. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, just for further options. But um, if you dig that, you should definitely check out R Type. R Type. Yeah, R Type, Super R Type, or uh. They're they're similar because they're shmups, but they're different. Um, really interesting, really great. Like Gradius, especially Gradius Three, had awesome graphics, like badass looking bosses. R Type does out the enemies and bosses. And uh, if you find yourself really falling in love with shmups, definitely check out Ikaruga. Yeah, uh, it is not for the faint of one. heart, but it is fucking stunning looking game. Well, should we get on to our news for the week? Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know what we want to start with, so I guess we'll just go top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, Google Stadia. They uh, have released more information on this. So we now know that it is going to be $10 a month. We know that it's pretty much a Chromecast with a better version of an Xbox controller. And uh, very limited exclusives Well, so that's far. just one way to play it. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, 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 that's part of the developer's bundle that they're releasing. For $130, you get... A limited edition controller, a Chrome, a, a no, Stadia cast. A, a, it's a Google, Google Chromecast, Chromecast Plus or something. Plus, and uh, you get Destiny 2 with all the expansions and Season Pass and all that stuff. You also get... Um, There's a Buddy Pass, I think, too, that you get with it. Yeah, you get a three-month yep. Buddy Pass that you can give to somebody, plus three months of, of your own yeah. premium. And then you can reserve your like player ID name or whatever they're going to call those. Hmm. So if you're somebody who's like, I got to be, you know, whatever, something that everybody's trying to get. Wait, so in addition to that $10 a month, there's also a fee that you have to pay for actual service? Uh, Internet service. Did I just hear that? What's that? Yeah, you have to pay for internet service. Okay, well, okay. No, otherwise I, I the streaming game service itself is ten bucks a month. Now, my question would be, and I imagine so because I don't think they've said any different. Well, actually, I have two questions. One, how much is the the four K Chromecast itself? And two, that ten bucks a month covers the games. Like we don't have to pay additional fees for the games. Well, the Chromecast is just one option. Like you don't need that. No, no. I mean, like just directly asking. Like if we were to go buy a Chromecast, if they have a four version that does four K, how much is it? Because a regular old Chromecast, I think, is like thirty bucks. Uh, I mean, I think the 
content is up to what you're streaming through and what your TV provides. I don't really think that... It, like they don't have different versions like they do with Roku and other things? I don't think so. Because hmm. well, I think it's just like if you have access to 4K content, if you have a 4K display... Yeah, makes sense. So wait, you're saying that we don't have to pay for games on that? No, you have to pay for games. They're going to have exclusive discounts. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, and in free addition games. to the $10 a month? Yeah, that, that's yeah. why I gave oh, you a... fuck that. That's why I gave you a weird look. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Nobody's getting free games. Um, they are so giving out free games. Well, they are. Yeah, yeah, they're going to do like PS Plus. 60 bucks? Fuck no. Fuck no. No, and, and the thing well, is... you guys is, aren't interested in digital content anyways yeah we are we play digital games all the time we were just talking about paying for renewing our playstation plus earlier yeah but i mean I purchasing. hundreds of games i haven't gotten to mm-hmm. oh yeah no i buy digital games my copy of uh hellblade is actually digital um i need to finish the adventures of pip which is a digital game it's just no what i'm saying fuck that too is hang on i'm gonna pay you 10 bucks a month for a streaming service which i get is so i don't have to buy a console or a gaming pc and that's fine yeah but take that over to lifespan of like a ps4 bingo exactly yeah. so a you're PS4 still cost me what 400 bucks or 350 when i got it uh three years ago so that's if i were to break that down to ten dollars a month in three years i would pay off basically a console yeah versus like all right We'll say, for instance, right now, because the E3, uh, E3 plus somewhere else, basically, like, right now, I can go buy an Xbox One S for $350. It's on sale somewhere. I saw it earlier. In addition to that, if I really wanted to, I could pay Microsoft 12 bucks a month, and then I have unlimited games. Like, they'll still stream them to me for the 12 bucks a month. I'm not buying them in addition to that unless I want to. Well, then, there's that. And then the cost of that controller, I think, is 75 I can yeah. pick up a PS3 controller right, or PS4 controller right now for 40 bucks. So yeah. I'm going to be paying almost double for a controller unless they start having, you know, you can use any versions. controller. Okay. Yeah. That's why I was curious about the cost. If there was a, a specific Chromecast, like another Roku's used to have like, this one does 1080p, but only this one does 4k kind of thing. So we'll say, all right, 30 bucks for a Chromecast, $70 for a controller. Cause even the Wii U pro or not, excuse me, the switch pro controller is $70. That shit needs to come down. Um, you know, that's a hundred bucks right there. And then the other stuff like, all right, here's uh, an extra pass to your buddy. It's like, well, that's bonus content. Well, well here's three then, free months of service yourself. Well, not really free because that's 30 bucks right there. Well, and take know? into effect, uh, depending on how much gaming time you actually have in a given month, uh, the whole issue of, oh, I, wa- I want to play 4K content. Well, guess what? If you play 65 hours, you're going to reach about a terabyte of data usage and you're going to be paying additional costs to your internet service provider. Yeah, the vast majority of ISPs cap us at one terabyte per month. But honestly, as soon as I read that, I was like, whoa, and I stopped and I thought about it. Like, watch this, bring up your calculator and bring it down. Divide 65 by four. So it's four weeks in a month. How many hours of gaming a week is that? It's over 20 hours a week. No, huh? that's 15. So also, uh, there 65. is a Stadia base. 11, or I mean 16. So, the Pro just gets you 16 65? hours a week. Sorry, 16 hours a week of gaming is what that breaks down to. The Pro gets you 4K, 60 FPS, HDR with 5.1 surround sound, as well as select free games and discounts on games. That's the $10 a month. The base, the free tier, is 1080p, 60 FPS, stereo sound, and the ability to play games on Chrome browser or Pixel 3, 3A with more phones coming later on so you can do stadia for just the price of the okay, games, that but stadia better. plus nets you free games higher resolution and 
discounts on other games. That sounds better. Yeah, that's a little bit better, except they're still locking it behind that. Now, let's. I'm going to use you for an example, Ryan, because I think this you, someone like you, is more or less the target they're really targeting. Like, uh, we'll we'll make some adjustments for you because I know you have a PS4 and other stuff. Yeah. All right, so we're going to say. You like gaming, you want to be a gamer, but either can't afford to or don't really want to bother having like an Xbox One or PS4 or a gaming PC or whatever. So with this, you have the option that you could take your iPad there and stream the games just to your iPad and use that as your screen and you know hook up your controller via Bluetooth and play it. And I totally get that. And that's a good option for some folks, but there's a lot of flaws in this. How much storage do you have on your iPad there? Uh, I think like 64 gigs. 64 gigs. Okay. So 64 gigs, uh, I'm not sure if the iPad can take an expansion SD card or not. And that's also a question of if Google will allow us to put the storage on a, an external card because some fucking apps on Android won't do it. It's You're talking about the save data? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Because it's no, all no. cloud. Yeah, everything is cloud to a degree. They still have to cache a lot of that data onto your device. They can't. They could theoretically stream it all, but to compensate for when the internet's going in and out or slower than it needs to be, they're going to have data cached onto your device, especially if you buy a digital copy of it. And I'm sure they'll treat it more or less like Steam. Like, I own all of my Steam games. Are they all installed right now? No, because I can just install them whenever I want to and switch to offline mode if need be. But I think that's another thing people are not considering that they're going to run into. They're going to run into the idea of, well, it's all streaming. It's like, well, it needs to cache, and it is going to save some of that data into your device because it's such a large amount of information. Like, uh, Well, the idea how- is that you should be able to just go to anybody's computer, open Google Chrome, mm-hmm. and start playing the same game of Assassin's Odyssey that you were playing at your home and then on the bus on your phone to get over to your buddy's house. Like, oh. It's supposed to be a seamless pick up and go over as long as you're logged in. Good God, could you imagine your cell phone bill if you did that? I've got unlimited data. They don't throttle your bandwidth? They uh, throttle mine. Oh, they, they will. The closer I am to my cap, they'll pull me back, but it's only priority between people closer to the tower than I am. So if I'm the closest person to the tower, they don't change it. But I if there's three people and I'm at my cap and they're between me and the tower, they'll get priority. Another thing people aren't considering is uh, all the small things that'll happen over time, such as um, the degrading quality as you're gaming and potential, like they'll do their best to prevent lag, but there's so much they can't control. So the situation like you going from you know, your home computer or whatever to play, continuing on your phone, there's going to be an obvious downgrade in quality. Uh, and it's not because your phones can't do it. Even my Galaxy S7 has, uh, I think, a fucking 4K display in it. And I have it turned down, so it's not on 4K because that's just stupid on such a small screen. Um, but things like that because of the data limitations, etc. So, in addition to that, the wear and tear on your own equipment, you know, your average consumer grade router, you know, three to five years lifespan, sometimes beyond that, if you, if you're lucky, but the constant streaming of such a bandwidth intensity, it's going to wear it down sooner because it just, you know, routers are constantly working, but it's going to have to work more. Now also take in consideration, all right, John and I, we get what, a hundred bucks, hundred megs down a month. Yeah, 100 million, yeah. 100 megs at 60 bucks a month. Yeah, because we're on a promo deal. So we get 100 million bits per second down per month at a bandwidth cap of one terabyte. So let's say John's in here and he's wanting to play, let's say, the new Doom from a couple of years ago, which was something crazy, like 52 gigabytes, something massive. It pretty much a lot of the games. Like we'll just say the new Assassin's Creed. You know, Odyssey was also massive. So massive, these huge, beautiful visuals. Now, 
he's getting 100 megs down. He's pulling a steady 35 million bits per second to keep that up. Then his wife decides she wants to watch Netflix. That's going to start pulling another 10 to 20 and so on. And even though you're going to be like, well, I get to a, up to 100 down, it's like, yeah, but your equipment is only going to handle so much, including the modem and so on. So I think it's going to be interesting technical-wise to see how it breaks down. Now, uh, what I really would want to see and we may, I may pay for this just to use you as an experiment, Ryan, is since you have the unlimited data, and John too, for that matter, to see how fast before they start choking out your bandwidth on your phone to be able to play. I mean, I'll go through 30 gigs of YouTube on my phone in a month, but a lot of that's you on Wi-Fi. Oh, I do as well. I do a lot of YouTube on my phone. You got damn whippersnappers. Well, you, once you get YouTube Premium, you could just close the screen and it's just like podcasts at that point you you pay for youtube premium yeah dude you're, you're i support for creators YouTube. there's a thing called patreon huh yeah i know but if you do youtube premium you get uh you give the creators more money than they would from adsense and you skip all the ads yeah, that makes sense he is a and you could do background play he does do a lot of support for creators which I do as well. To no, no, that's why I like Patreon and things like that. I can get the money directly to them, or I'll actually bother to sit through their advertisement in the video. Uh, anyhow, so yeah. Oh, on top of that, uh, other than the, um, I can't remember the name of it. It's like a, a Dark Siders spinoff, and they have Gylt. Um, yeah, is Gilt. The Gilt. Gilt. That yeah. actually is the exclusive. Cool. Yeah, that's the exclusive they have right now by Tequila Games, and that looked pretty cool actually yeah it looked very neat yeah i'm, I'm hoping for a limited run games version of that <laughs> <laughs> um, what, yeah. what are you gonna play it on there's no console to put it in well if it has a limited run games and they release God it on the ps4 damn it ryan but then it wouldn't you be just exclusive predicted the fucking future you really did he, he did yeah uh, john's gonna have, all in the future we're gonna buy limited run games that are digital only copies that we have to stream to our consoles but it's an exclusive stadia it won't be on other consoles We'll see. So we'll what see. are you going to... There's no way to make a physical media of it because it won't play through anything. You ever heard of timed exclusives? You ever heard of a USB drive? That too. <laughs> that too. Um, so the, that's what's on there. Go look up Guilt if you haven't yet. Uh, it looks pretty awesome. Uh, let's go into the other dumpster fire. Uh, and that is GameStop. baby, burn. <laughs> yes, GameStop's 40% drop in its stock. Now, it's not to say that their stock was super high up anyways. It's gone down a lot over the last five years, like 35 bucks. Oh, yeah, steadily dropped. There's like a, they're like two bucks a share now or something no, crazy. No, yeah. it, no, it's like five bucks a share. Oh, it went back up? No, it never went below that. It was like $4.50 and then went back up. Pretty sure it was like two and some change. Mm -mm. Now, 40% drop was a representation of the 750 that it was uh, hovering at. Ooh, a whole seven fifty for this huge company. Yeah, so it went down to four fifty something. I went back up to five. Uh, you know what? I'll look it up while we're at it. Unless unless Ryan's got it. Already on it. Already on. It. Let's see whose app is faster. Probably his. So they were at uh, five oh two, and they've gone up because of all this publicity. And they were at their peak. Let's see. In the last five twenty on five twenty three, they're five oh two. As of June seventh, so in the last week, they have 21 dropped twenty-one cents. In the last month, they've dropped forty-one percent. In the last week, it's a total of thirty-three percent. They had a two dollar fifty-four cent drop. They were hovering at about seven seventy-two, and then after their earnings call, dropped down about four ninety, no four eighty, and they've gone up a little bit since then, about twenty cents. So, and that's probably due to that news that you brought to us earlier that they're calling in a consulting firm to. 
look at restructuring the organization. So that, that appears that they're trying to tackle the issue. Uh, whether or not that pays off, we'll find out because uh, maybe we won't have GameStop anymore. I would say it's probably not going to pay off for them because this whole like Think Geek and the restructuring of the st- stores to be half uh, useless trinket junk um, was part of you know a couple of years ago strategy to try to restructure and make money. Uh, it's not just the whole stock drop. I'm willing to bet money that their stock went up that little bit that it did just because of all the negative publicity, but they're broke to the point that they can't pay their dividends to their investors. These are the people or conglomerates or in or companies that said, all right, we're buying into your company, investing in it, and we expect to get you know interest paid back every quarter to us. Where they literally had to say, yeah, we're uh, we're not paying you guys because we can't afford to. That's literally what they're saying. Um, but yeah, they're calling in a consulting firm to possibly restructure, change a few things. But I was I was saying to the to the fellows earlier, the whole problem in my eyes with GameStop is they refuse to actually address the problems with their business model. Um, they don't want to do competitive pricing. They they have predatory practices as far as sales and buying goes. Uh, they treat their employees like shit and put their employees in shitty situations. Um, they don't provide the same quality that I can get from a, a conglomerate that I've never actually made physical contact with, like Amazon. And then constantly shoveling out junk, and which don't get me wrong, I like a statue and you know clothing and stuff like here, like that here and there, but mostly junk, even stuff like their stupid cell phone line that, I, hell, frankly, I completely forgot was even a thing until I saw that they were trying to sell that separately, you know, just to get rid of it. They've had uh, multiple CEOs quit in the last few years. The last one quit after just three months. A CEO of a huge company like GameStop, three months is like, fuck this, I'm out, is never a good sign. You no, know. exactly. And, you know, you bring up the whole thing of, like, clothing and statues and all that. Uh, we've had Hot Topic for a very large number of years, and yep. they have the same type of stuff. I've been yep. able to get gaming stuff at a Hot Topic since I was, like, 12. Well, I'm, and they usually give you a better deal, and you get, like, the yeah. hot cash that you yep. can go and go back. I mean, I got a buy... There's always, like, a buy two, get one or something going on there, too. I've never gotten a handout at GameStop. Yeah, exactly. And you have, like, Spencer's as you, well. Actually, you know, you do get the buy to get one used free. Unless the clerk can't read, then you don't. Yeah, know? yeah. Unless it's fourteen ninety five or lower. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I'm sorry, sir. This one's fourteen ninety eight. We, I can't give you the discount. Because <laughs> it's you not. You know, eight is less than nine, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably the best story so far. Uh, but yeah, we'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out uh, in the long run for just really the video game market in general. Because I know Best Buy, I don't think, does use games anymore. Um, I've seen them occasionally in the past, but they... I think they get them like once or twice a year and they just throw them in the bin. Yeah, they had a trade-in program for a while that they stopped. But really, if you think about it, the only used game stores we'll have are kind of mom and pop shops, which I'm okay with. Well, Walmart does use games. They do? Yep. What? Yeah. Since when? Uh, a couple of years now. Where do you find them? On their in website? the video game shelf. I've never seen them on their the video game The yellow stickers. Shelf. I've never seen those used. Do they rewrap them or something? Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Yeah, you just, uh, they're not as common, but uh, yeah, any of those games that you notice they're like a little cheaper and they're just out on the shelf, take a closer look. A lot of them are still just brand new copies of Overstock, and some of them are the used copies. I don't know if they still do. Barnes & Noble and Books A Million for a couple of years ago were supposed to be doing it. I don't know if they still do. I so haven't seen games in. at a Barnes & Noble in years. Yeah, honestly. I'm not even sure where either one of those stores is around Even Half Price Books, I don't think, does use games anymore. Uh, I don't think they do. I didn't see any in there. 
half price yeah. books I think are franchisees, so it kind of depends. Yeah. Um, then of course you know we have cool stuff like Bookmans and stuff here. So. Well, let's go from one uh, dumpster fire to another, guys. Uh, so Fallout seventy six. Oh fucking Christ! They're wow. back. <laughs> <laughs> So I just caught this this morning. Um, essentially, what they're doing is they have introduced a thing called a repair kit. Okay, no big deal. Yeah, it sounds like an item you would pick up in the game, right? So anyone that's not familiar with uh, Fallout or Fallout 76 in particular, your equipment, your weapons, power armor, stuff like that, slowly gets damaged, degraded, and can break. You, of course, can fix your stuff, scrounge together like super glue and tape and you know power cells and whatever to rebuild your equipment. Awesome, no big deal. Except this is an MMORPG, so everything has to be grindy. So doing things like repairing your equipment can be particularly grind-intensive, things like that. So they have introduced uh, repair kits that you can buy with real currency. I'm not sure if you have to buy in-game currency and then pay for it. Either way, real money that will just let you instantly repair your equipment. And of course, everyone who's playing the game is now fucking pissed, as they should be, because this is a pay-to-win model with the balls of one of their spokesmen saying, oh, no, uh, we disagree. We don't think it's pay-to-win. No, this is absolutely pay-to-win. If if I'm coming after John's character in full power armor and laser rifle and everything else, and, you know, John finally whittles me down and I just pop in my credit card and pay five, ten bucks for, for a couple of repair kits and just repair my shit, you can't tell me that's not pay-to-win. You know, and of course they can do things like, well, we can make it so you can't use them in the middle of combat and stuff like that. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's still a pay-to-win model. You know? Yeah, totally. Because uh, if you end up winning in that little bit of combat and then you repair yourself. Exactly. Or, or or you don't have to spend as much time investing in the traditional pair repair route. Mm-hmm. You just skip that process and now you can use your time to do other things. Yeah, still pay-to-win, yeah. at least in my mind. So you just bypass the time thing. It doesn't have to even be direct combat to be pay to win. Yeah, and they still have the capability on the back end to alter the frequency of the drops of certain components that are needed and things like that. It's the whole Mortal Kombat 11 fiasco all over again. They're like, oh no, we didn't make it artificially hard to encourage you to just pay us. It's like, the fuck you didn't. It's like, oh, okay, everyone's pissed. We're going to tweak the difficulty and it's still ridiculously hard to incentivize just paying for the crypt coin to unlock shit. You think that the they don't consider it pay to win because you can't win Fallout seventy six, and if you paid money, you're already losing by just playing the game and owning it. So it's really it's impossible to pay to win in Fallout seventy six. Yeah, just the second you swipe your credit card at the store and even just have that cut. Co- not even that. When you pick up the game in store, you've already lost. You've already lost. Like, it's done <laughs> at that point. Now, that game, though, if I'm correct, there is a single-player, no-online option, right? That you're able... Because no. as far as I remember... No, this is an MMO. No, I know. But what I'm saying is that I recall when they first brought this oh, game out... Oh, you're thinking of the game called Fallout 4, sir. No, 76. As far as I know, 76, had it. you didn't have to be online to play the game, from what I remember. No, no, you have an option where you don't have to engage in combat unless you want to which i thought was actually a neat idea like people can't just there'd be nothing to do in the game without other people exactly it'd be like fallout three and four essentially but with you know less interesting shit there's nothing to do in the game with other people anyways (laughs) so but you can you can play all you want and it's it's really less of a game and more like just frustration yeah walking simulator 
I could have sworn that there was an option that you can kind of, there was some sort of single player storyline to go with it. it. Just wasn't massive like any other. Oh, no, no. You're game. thinking that it has a single player story that's involved in the game that you follow. But no, the only thing even close is uh, that you don't automatically engage in combat. So if people were griefing you or something like that, you have to actively engage them. Otherwise, there's no, there's no real NPCs. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I will uh, continue looking this up and try to prove you guys wrong later. All righty. All right. So we'll go through. You thought three dumpster fire stories was a lot. We've got a fourth one. Shenmue 3. I wouldn't quite say it's a... Well, actually, I would say it was definitely a dumpster fire from the beginning because, in my opinion, Shenmue 3 was just based off, you know, same thing, the rapid consumerism and fanboyism of the current video game culture. Um don't get me wrong, I played the original Shinmu back in the day, and at the time it really was something incredible for what it is. It has not aged well. Um, not at all. But uh, what we're actually referring to is the release date for Shinmu 3 has been pushed back once again, this time to only November of this year, so not terribly so. And uh, there is also confirmation via Twitter that there will be no Xbox One version, at least not immediately. I'm sure a couple of years down the road, probably. Um, yeah, it says they've actually pulled all Xbox references off of their website. Oh, yeah, because someone yeah. did some data mining and found some like minute stuff. And they probably did that because of uh, legal contact, contractual stuff. It was like, you know, hey, we haven't finished signing the paper or whatever kind of thing. Um, Ryan, did you ever play Shenmue 1 or 2? No, I've seen a Let's Play of Shenmue 1 mm -hmm. and a little bit of 2. And they do look interesting. I like the idea of a different kind of fighting game it mm -hmm. reminds me a lot of like uh the kind of gameplay worlds that they've set up in like the yakuza series now mm -hmm. um but i don't have any personal experience with them it, yeah. um i'm debating if i play it on my dreamcast and then the xbox or if i just play the remastered versions i started to replay it again on my dreamcast a couple of years ago when they announced it and the dreamcast uh price of dreamcast went through the fucking roof oh i know the game itself skyrocketed like 75 bucks oh yeah it was fucking insane i had two copies so i sold one that's how i got my 3do Dude, actually i sold my entire dreamcast collection for like 500 dollars. i was fucking floored the guy didn't try to haggle or anything i I mean, it paid, it paid off my first 4K TV is ridiculous. Um, so you haven't actually played it either? Uh, I played some of it years ago with my cousin, but I was probably like 10 Okay, 11. gotcha. Um, the game itself, like I said, for the time was amazing. My biggest grumble with the game is that by the time you finally kind of get used to the controls and the groove of everything and the quick time events, which were a new thing at the time, the game is pretty much over. You know, the the biggest opportunity to actually utilize all these cool ass uh, martial arts and combat moves you learn is at the very end of the game. Yeah, you know, like this hundred man battle. Um, but I haven't played Shinmu two, so I can't quite comment on that. I might pick up Shinmu remastered on Black Friday, but honestly, I don't think I'm gonna play it. I'd much rather just sit and either watch a let's play or watch a movie. Yeah, you know, a YouTube movie of the game, which I believe Shinmu 2 actually includes a movie of the first one. On, yeah, actually it does on Xbox. It, came it does, with a yeah. DVD. Mm -hmm. Because that's the majority of what the game is. There are some cool things like, you know, you can go to the arcade and play Space Harrier and stuff like that. And you get a job driving a forklift. But I don't know. I just, I don't have any great expectations for it. I don't know if you guys do. Uh, I expect that people will be super stoked to play this game that they've really wanted for a long time 
and I look forward to seeing people's reactions and I hope that they make it good and people like it, but I got no stake in this game. Like even if it's a really good game, I'm not playing the first two. I'm not going to go back and play the first two. I got too much else to do. I hope people who will enjoy it do, but it's beyond me. I definitely want to play it. Um, but I got to go through and like fully complete one and two still. So Yeah, I, I think it's wonderful that they're actually going to complete the story for Ow. everyone who's been waiting all these years. I think that part's great. Um, but I would certainly hope that Shimu 3 just includes a DVD or a Blu-ray or a digital copy of just Shimu 1 and 2 as movie versions that you can just watch the story and get all caught up. Because it literally is a continuing story over the course of like a, several months. So Yeah, that'll be pretty sweet to play hopefully um maybe later this year maybe actually you know what that might be my new game's resolution for 2020 oh wow play through the original shimu play through the original shimus and such yeah we can grind coffee in there that's true so uh now on to some good news e3 e3 i think that starts today right the microsoft next week no microsoft starts i think microsoft starts today yeah my uh a couple guys i know that run via um Nerd Cave podcast. They actually just got uh, access to E3, so they're going to be doing some interviews and such. So check them out on Facebook. Um, so the cool news that's come out, uh, obviously, mics. what's that? Nothing. It's too late. Oh, well, obviously okay, we've got some leaks and such uh, that have come out. So uh, the lesser of the leaks, as of right now, is uh, Nino Cooney remastered. Uh, Nino Cooney one that is. So. Right now, that is definitely a rumored leak. Uh, there's been some information that they found on the Band- Bandai website, um, or Namco Bandai, and it's definitely, it's a great game. I just don't see the reason to release a remake, uh, or not a remake, but a remaster of Nino Kuni. Uh, this late in the console's life cycle of PS4, it just seems pointless in my mind. I think they're, um, it's because they get such success with doing all these other remasters. If they haven't already, then they could have just easily ported a digital version over to the PS4 and still make plenty of money. They're just... And what burns my ass about all these remasters, all they're really doing is uh, basically tweaking anti-aliasing and up in the resolution. It's, for the most part, it's usually not spectacular. If they actually add some features to this, that'd be great, but... Well, I guess we'll find out more this week um, whenever they have their uh, their session. Now, on to the more interesting news is uh, Elden Ring is a leaked name. I guess we'll say name for now because we don't know if that's the official name. But it's the collaboration of uh, Miyazaki from the From Software team who created Dark Souls 1 and 3 and I think Bloodborne as well, right? Yeah, 1, 3, and Bloodborne and yep. Demon's Souls. And Bloodborne Cart. Um and so, so uh, <laughs> I want Bloodborne cart so bad. Yeah, I do too. I would totally play it. Yeah, I would as well, especially a wheelchair. Uh, so it's a collaboration between him and George R.R. R. Martin, who many of you know from the Game of Thrones series or the uh, Song of Fire and Ice book series. And yeah, it's a collaboration between the two. So I'm interested to see those two minds kind of come together, um, both from the depth of story that Martin creates and uh, the actual open world concepts and the difficulty and all the different things that Miyazaki has created in recent years. So I, I mean, I'd love to see that collaboration. Yeah, they're both absolute masters of killing off the main character. They just really are good at just wiping out whoever you think is important in to the story. To be completely fair, in Dark Souls, you pretty much have no choice. And you're still technically, you can live at any point. You can come back. 
So as someone who hasn't watched Game of Thrones, I always imagine it was pretty safe bet that like if all of a sudden the story and the camera seems to be focusing or favoring one character, it's like I should just expect them to die. Almost. Almost. Almost, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I really want to see those two individuals, masters of their craft, kind of coming together and making a great game. And uh, all we've got right now is like a concept art poster that's been released. And... Um, I guess we'll hopefully see some previews this uh, this week on that title. Uh, anything else from you guys on that? Uh, you know, I'm... I don't know. You'll get me into Dark Souls at some point, I'm sure. It's not that I'm opposed. I've played a little bit of Dark Souls 2 and a little bit of Bloodborne. They're great-looking games, but to jump into something like this that would be like a new launching point... Kind of like I'd like to play um, is it more Sekiro because that's like a new yeah. launching point. But oh, Sekiro is different. It's, yeah, exactly. It's not Something Souls. new. So that's after I'd, Super. I'd be interested by the way. to see you know what they can do. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, no, it definitely seems like uh, for you at least you would be. It sounds better for you because you can get engaged in a a new series versus something that's been there. Yeah, like all the you know I don't get all the Sunbro references and what stuff we're, i mean i know what it is but there's just we're there's, praising the sun right now as there's we record. so much built into the world and the lore and all that stuff of dark souls that it's kind of it's an impenetrable thing to start after the whole trains rolled especially with like the online play being such a you know important aspect of those games going back and playing them years later when nobody's online is a whole different experience all right tell you what how about right now john and i will make an offer of a pact of jolly cooperation with you we will all at some point maybe later this year we all buy dark souls remastered and we will play it with you and we will help you through the game but you have to finish Ooh, that's a scary one uh you know i have always wanted to get dark souls remastered for the switch i thought you already bought it make a spot on the switch huh that's all right i guess we can all sit in the same room and die together then there we go that's true um okay well the other thing that i saw and this one kind of wait what do we have a pact or not well, let's just wait and see how the year goes out. Nah, still have it. Nah, yeah, you won't make it in Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the other thing I saw, and this is what kind of pisses me off, um, the team behind Heavenly Sword and um, Senua's Sacrifice and Devil May Cry, uh, well, the DMC version, they have now created for Microsoft a uh, four-player brawler of sorts that looks like absolute trash. And the frustrating thing for you, man, is you look at Ninja Theory and what they've done in the past, like Ascent of Sacrifice or Heavenly Sword. They've created some fantastic games in the past, both visually, story-wise, gameplay-wise, like everything has been great. And Microsoft purchased them and is now releasing a four-person brawler. Why would you take an organization like Ninja Theory, who has clearly proved that they can put out great single-player story-driven games... And make them do a brawler. It just makes no sense. You're going to kill off that that um, developer. I'm sure that probably started out as a... You know, like, hey, what if we took Devil May Cry and turned it into a four-player brawler game? That'd be great. And then I'm sure somebody was in the office saying, like, have you guys never played Marvel vs. Capcom? You know, what the world... In my opinion, what the world needs and what they should have done with this is make a new Power Stone make a new Power Stone and actually tweak and tighten up the combat a little bit. Because Power Stone is just crazy and fun and irreverent, but uh, the combat could have used a little tweaking to make it a little, 
not so much a little more technical, just a little tighter, but that is such a fun party game for all its flaws. It, it really is. Yeah, I mean, those games have always been great. I just, I can't stand to look at a developer who's, you know, time and time again put out quality product only to have it, you know, kind of, that's what they're good at, you know, that's what they've created in the past. And then we're just going to have them make a brawler. I just don't see why you would take a studio and make them create this game. Like, ask not the creators like, of Anthem how that happens. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You get you get bought out by a big publisher and they throw money at you and say, you know, those things that you do good, do this instead. Right. Yeah. We'll and make that, loads of money. That's just and what then close you down. Because those were titles that you know were initially exclusive. Like Heavenly Sword was exclusive to PS3 at the time. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was they put their heart and soul into making that game, and now it's like, here's a bunch of money. Go ahead and make some garbage, and then you're going to be going under in the next year. That's unfortunately true, and seems to be the trend in uh, game publishing nowadays. Yep. Well, uh, you guys you have guys... any uh, wish lists or expectations for E3, Ryan? You know, if there's anything that I could wish for this E3... I want uh, the ability I want to complete games to bring me a new good Paper Mario or a remake bundle of Paper Mario One and Thousand Year Door on Switch. I actually, funny enough, I've been thinking this past week. I was like, man, I really should finish Thousand Year Door. I started, I played it twice over the years, and for some reason, I always stopped. And then when I try to go back to it, I'm just like, I have no fucking clue what I was in the middle of doing. Exactly. You know? And it sucks because of that. But I might add that to my my uh, my resolution because I really want to finish. I, I very much enjoyed the first Paper Mario. Do it Mario. next year. That's not a bad idea. Um, did you play the one on Wii? I did. Uh, no. I beat the one on Wii. Was it good? It was decent. Okay. Because I mean, that's what Thousand Year Door. Thousand Year Door is like, eh, this is all right you know it didn't quite grab me but it was still fun in some in a lot of respects yeah i've just been disappointed like i tried sticker star and i did not get into that i tried or i saw that paint one that came out a couple years ago oh yeah the last wii the splash one or whatever yeah and i just i didn't own a wii u so i didn't have to put myself through that but it's just like i love paper mario one and two those are huge games for me and i would just love to see nintendo like do a proper third I would like to see, it doesn't really matter, but it'd be a cool extra, a Paper Mario option in Super Mario Maker 2. Or a fucking Paper Mario for Smash. Hello. Like, That'd actually be really cool. Like, that's actually a great the idea. The same like, style. Dr. Mario. Yeah. I was we gonna, take credit in cash, Nintendo. I'm saying. <laughs> uh, that kind of, I don't know, that kind of seems like it'd be that same kind of structure and like look as like a Game & Watch. Like maybe that's a secret costume. Like you can use a Game & Watch movements and such but it's paper mario some right special items that he's using yeah it'd be pretty cool um i think james and i share the same wish we want bloodborne 2 and bloodborne cart as an extra dlc option tonight garaman joins the race yeah (laughs) it is so dumb but i I definitely play it i would really like a bloodborne 2 though like a real bloodborne 2 not a code vein or yeah bloodborne 2 would be pretty sick just to get like the confirmation of yep we've heard we're going to make this happen, but it's going to be two years from now on PS5. I'd be cool with that for right. sure. Um, and I would definitely get a PS5 just strictly launch for title. Yeah, launch title. That'd be awesome. I really kind of want to want an N64 classic. I'm hoping they will make it with a more powerful system on a chipboard, SOC board. But even as I say that, I'm starting to think it's like, 
Yeah, I would want to buy it to mod it, but then I would be stuck playing with the N64 controller. Ugh. You know what I think would be a way better idea is a Game Boy Classic. Yeah, you brought that up last week. I think yeah, that'd be fucking that would fantastic. be fucking fantastic. So cool. And I'm you not, just make it the regular. Like the they've got to still have the molds around. You just make it the same size. Like you don't even have to make it smaller. You just make the same size. Use yep. your same old molds and like put a shit ton of awesome games. Yeah, mode. all the guts would easily fit into a Game Boy case. Even a Game Boy uh, Pocket, you know, would fit. And you could like do like an up-res screen with a backlight and a yep. headphone jack and all the stuff that you always wanted. Yeah, show Apple how it's done, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I would rather have an N64 Classic than a Game Boy Classic. I can play Game Boy games on a... I think Retron released a little doohickey that you put on your phone and you can play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's just... It touches the screen for you. It's silly. Yeah, pretty much. Like, um, I could just... I could see that being a better option, personally. I would also like to see more about uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima? Oh, yeah, I know. They, yeah, like, what the hell, oh, man? Oh, Ghost like, of Tsushima? Yeah, yeah just they like, announced it last year, and, like, nothing has come from that. That Actually, you bring up a good point. That's one I would definitely look forward to over a Bloodborne yeah, game. Man, I think, last uh, E3 seems so close. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the effects of Agent Ryan and Joy. Man. <laughs> um, I think Squares is on either tonight or monday i'll pull up the schedule well i don't think ghost of tsushima is uh oh it's square it's i don't think it is no i was saying like i want to see more about the final fantasy 7 remake like how they're going to structure the episodic format and things like that i seriously think they're going to do it just like the disc base they're going to end it at that point in time and then you'll have like square monday at six six p.m our time uh pt okay cool uh so what is that seven for us something like that no that's six o'clock for us is it yeah pt yeah. We're in Arizona, folks. We don't understand daylight savings time or yeah, know yeah. when anybody else is on it. Half the year we're on California, yeah. the other half are on Colorado. I, I don't to put see it in perspective, it... everyone who's listening in Central Time right now, you're three hours ahead of us. No, they aren't. They're two hours ahead of us. Three. Eastern Time is three hours ahead of us. What the fuck ever. Either way, you live in a weird ass place. Dude, you've lived yeah. here like almost your whole life. How yeah, do you... exactly. I don't Why know when that? daylight savings time is for other people. I don't Chiefs know what time it is in other places. I've been here for... Less you than travel six months, and I, I find it thoroughly know. confusing. That's true. I do travel a lot and have to do a lot of phone calls on a weekly basis, so I've gotten used to it. That makes sense. So, E3 will hopefully bring us some good stuff, but you know what did not bring us good stuff? Santa Reggie? No. I, I'm going to write my letter to inflation deflation challenge this week. Hey, I, I wouldn't say it was bad. I actually, so the controllers initially, like, setting them up, I thought that was terrible. But once we got to playing, I actually was enjoying myself. So this week we got to shake our asses off playing some Samba de Amigo for the Wii. This, again, was one of Ryan's picks, I'll have you know. I don't know. I might have to refer back to the previous episode. I might have coaxed him into it. I, He's doing I think, much better than the two options you just threw in front of him. What are you talking about? Well, anyways, this week we did Samba de Amigo. It's developed by Sonic Team, published by Sega. It was originally released for the Dreamcast um, back in uh, 2000. And there was an actually there was an arcade version in 99, which was the first one it looks like here. And then later on, the Wii back in 2008. And who in 2008 thought that there would be anything better to do with your free time than grab your Wiimote and go to town shaking it. Well, I mean, I think it's still better than DJ Hero. <laughs> we don't speak of DJ Hero. 
<laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a game fail out of the gate so fucking fast. That was amazing. Oh my god. I think I go to Goodwill. Every time I go to Goodwill, there's probably four of those DJ Hero things sitting on the shelf just with nothing to them. Just DJ Hero, the little sensors. That's it. <laughs> it's almost as bad as a Wii Balance Boards. Um, dude, I'm actually I'm pretty positive on this game. I'm going to take Ryan's stance on this. I bought it for 99 cents at a GameStop a few years back uh, just to have it. And um, I'll have to say, it, it it's 99 cents. How bad can it be? Yeah, uh, currently going for a 395 complete 281 loose. See, I've made a 400% profit already. <laughs> In fact, I used James's discount, so it was 89 cents. I've made a little over 400% profit. There you go. There you go. Plus sales tax. Plus sales tax, yes. So we're looking at a dollar. So yeah, I paid a dollar and uh, I've got about 400% in profit already done. Good stuff. And uh, to answer your question, yeah, my game room is totally bigger than yours. Yeah, no, I know. So I think mine is a little wider though. Um, Dude, it's so interesting. Like I have a bigger measure actually. I have a bigger house, but like you have my house your is master. better proportioned. Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> See, how that works this, out. This game held our attention just long enough <laughs> to go back to a conversation that happened, I think, before I even got here. Not even that, actually. Oh, this happened like, like ago. last oh, yeah. week. Yeah. So, so that's how long we got our attention. We did a bunch of this game. We did the classic mode. We probably did like six, seven songs. We did yep. battle modes. We did all different kind of modes. Hustle mode, whatever that is, where that you was shake the, uh, and dance. Dancing. Yeah, where we have to actually dance. But there was, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting style. You don't see a lot of games with that kind of South American influence in them. You know, there's not a whole lot of rhythm games out there. So this is definitely a different kind of rhythm game that we saw a bunch of. But I think... I'm going to quote Ryan. He said the best rhythm game. Oh, I said a rhythm game or best rhythm game. I think... Because it's best rhythm game. I, 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 It's definitely not best rhythm game. And it is a rhythm game. So is it yeah. kind of an okay rhythm game in your mind? You know, I really don't know because it's like every time I was shaking the maracas, like I didn't really feel like I was being a part of the music as much as I was just looking at dots. Like I didn't really feel like the music needed me. And there was a lot of like every time you had to dance or pose, like the Wiimote would yell at you. Mm -hmm. And that's totally distracting. Like the whole point of like being in a rhythm game is zoning into the music and you feel the music more than you look at the cues. Yeah, the flow. Yeah, that, that I would have to agree. Because um, the same thing, I try to, like, I have no sense of rhythm, but anything like that. like We, we saw. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I won a couple of rounds. Um, I think I won every one, round except one. We were at the, mer you're at the mercy of the Wiimote controls. You know, I don't, I didn't think about, well, we were using the ones with the built-in Motion Plus, so... Um, the controls weren't exactly spot on, especially like the posing, things like that. Um, but anyone who's trying to get a better grasp, what I mean, if you've ever played Guitar Hero and you just start getting in the flow where like the timing, the chords, everything is right and you just, you zone in and you're just doing it and you're actually with the rhythm of the music, this tries and there was a point where like when we were playing, uh, Jump in the Line, um... It kind of got in the rhythm of the music because I saw some of the dots were finally lining up, but they still weren't quite right. It wasn't where you could just lose yourself in it and play. It was fun. I was kind of surprised that it was only four bucks, but I guess no one bought it. Um, it isn't one that we would play, probably play a lot, although it was fun watching other people play it too. Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed myself. I think it's because I was actually winning. 
I think if I was losing, I, I wouldn't like it as much. <clears throat> James Ryan. I mean, it's definitely got some fun Ugh. appeal as a party game. I think that this would be difficult to really, like, get involved with. Like, a lot of rhythm games are really absorbing. Like, people who play DDR will get really into DDR. Or oh, people yeah. who play... Um, I played a ton of Voice on my phone, my uh other tablet and on my switch i love that game that's a great rhythm well, game, i played it on my phone as well because you got me to to try it at yeah. least the only thing is like there's only so much difference in games that you're gonna or songs that you're gonna have maracas in like yeah there's this one this is a maraca song and that's they're all maraca songs like you don't get into like genre defining like different music sure, it's gonna dude, be the same dude. kind of thing over if you and over can again. have kids bop now you can do maraca bop now i mean it's makes perfect sense haven't you seen that they take adult songs and have kids singing it so let's take good songs and just cover it with maracas i'm just saying that i'm not surprised that there's not uh i mean a samba de amigo 2 i don't know what songs they added to the Wii playlist that weren't on the dreamcast playlist but there's probably not a whole lot of new banging maraca songs that came out in that 10-year span. You just don't well, listen to Spanish music. To be, yeah, we're not even going to touch that. Uh, to be fair, uh, there was uh, uh, several pop songs on there from years ago, and not not counting Chumbawamba, but other ones I recognize um, that all they did is they just kind of changed it so it's more maraca Focus and honestly, even when we were playing the songs, I didn't really hear the maracas a whole lot. I don't think there were. I was trying to listen for that, and I was yeah. like, "You hear the maraca thing when you shake it." Yeah. If you do it right, but not right enough that they yell "Yeah," and not yeah. bad enough that they say "Boo," because yeah. it's like all you can hear is the Wiimote yelling at you. Yeah, exactly. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of want maraca, uh, not maraca, maraca attachments, like little. Morocco Wiimotes. Pretty I would sure be interested to do Ooh. check out the arcade version. I bet the arcade version of this oh, originally released was probably way better and probably had way better controls as well. Like yeah, I don't yeah. know how you would have played this on the Dreamcast. Would you have just had to slide your thumbsticks? No, they oh, had no, the they maracas. They had maracas that plugged in. Yeah, but how did you the same way to the movement? Same thing with the gyroscopes in there. But did they have... Oh, so it would just be up, down, left, right? Yeah, and it wasn't so much gyroscopes. I uh, can't remember the proper term. It's some kind of potentiometer that basically... Like, there would be gates in at least four different directions. So, And there would be like a sliding piece of metal or something along that. Kind of the way that a lot of motion controls work nowadays. That's how it knows it's t you're tilting in a certain direction. is because the metal is now moving and making contact there. Mm -hmm. uh, similar, way, similar to the way pinball, pinball machines work. But, okay. Uh, so what you're saying is that we need to have the entire listenership of the Game Deflators podcast donate some money so we can get a Sama de Amigo arcade machine to put in my garage. That would be incredible. Oh, now you want to put arcade machines in your garage. Hey, hey, it if it means we're playing... It is too hot. It's but if we're been like 95 degrees. Hey, you know what? I want to get really in the spirit of South America and Central America with our maracas in 100 and something degrees in my garage on an arcade machine. That's all I want to do. But then That's, we'll have to put a humidifier in your garage. It'll be humid enough with, with, our, with our sweat. True. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess She's on to reviews here. Corner. <laughs> I, I'll go first on my review of this because I'm probably very different from you guys. I say the game is deflated. I think it's worth at least $5. Complete. <laughs> I was thinking more like 10 bucks when Ryan pulled up the price earlier. I was, like, I was like, yeah, I figure it's kind of fun. It's 
I would imagine it would have been an uncommon Wii game, but I guess not. Nothing on the Wii is uncommon for the most part, it seems like. Oh, there's some uncommon titles. Yeah, I mean, when they can, they were shoveling games out by the fucking shovel, so... Well, those are the uncommon titles, because those are the ones they didn't produce a whole lot of. Yeah, shovels. Shovelware, John. You, you missed the mark. Uh, no, I, I I know what you're talking about. No, no, you don't. You yeah, I do. It. I do. You see I a metal slug behind you? That's uncommon. I think that it is, you know... A decent price. I could see paying the four bucks for it, but I don't really see the need to pay more or at all. Really, I think that it's a fine price where it's at, but I definitely think it's a Passover title. A Passover title? They're playing it during Passover? Mm-hmm. What no. about... Okay, no, neither one of us have this. I was about to say, we could probably Taito Drum Master, but I don't have the drum in here, do you? Yeah, no, I don't either. I'm not going to buy that either. I'm not so. buying that now, game. somebody wants to, like, a handsome arcade to... cabinet for Samba de Amiga. Oh, yeah, Sega made an awesome arcade That's machine. actually really nice. Very I colorful. Would... Look it up. Oh, wow. Yep, that is a pretty sweet-looking arcade console. I would love to own something like that. Um, okay, well... I guess uh, we're going to go along the lines. I guess James and I outrank you on this. It's deflated. It should be a little bit more than 4 bucks, is what we're saying. All righty. I think uh, 10 to 15 if it came with the, the Morocco inserts or the Wiimotes. Yeah. I probably still wouldn't buy it, but I think it would be worth it then. Well, uh, I have thrown two games down. These are my choices. Uh, I'm deciding for next week. Oh, you know what we didn't check, and I guess we didn't think to? Instead of having to use a nunchuck and a Wiimote for your two maracas, what if you know one player can just use two Wiimotes? That's what I was thinking when yeah, he was too. originally doing it. I almost completely forgot that the nunchuck even existed. Yeah, pretty it's much. It's been so I, long since I've even looked at my Wii. I tend to avoid any Wii games that are like require motion controls because I know it's just going to end in frustration. Yeah. Looking at you, Zelda. Okay. Looking at you, Super Mario Galaxy. Mm, yeah, that one's not as bad, but yeah. Uh, here, reach out and grab these pieces of colored candy. <laughs> so, I want to decide for next week, because Ryan's decided the last three weeks. I have thrown down the gauntlet of one of these two games. Toe Whoa. Jam and Earl, or Slime World on the Sega Genesis. I've never played either, but I know more about Toe Jam and Earl than Slime World. So, I'm fine with either one. Okay, so Ryan is really the wild card here. It looks like you want Toe Jam and Earl. I know Slime World is fucking awful, so... Let's do Toe Jam and Earl. I'm down for a good game. All right. But here's the thing, fellas. That'll have to wait to two weeks out because we, you know, every other week. So guess what we get to do next week? Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, hold on, hold on. Ryan was all like, Wolverine on the NES can't be that bad. We're going to find out, folks. Oh, God. No. Why are we doing that next I week? I thought we were playing more Ghostbusters. Wasn't no, don't say that. Ghostbusters Stop. We play? No, no, we're not we, playing more Ghostbusters. I just listened to a podcast on all the Ghostbusters games, too, so I'm curious. Oh, oh. we were going to do Ghostbusters, but you were just like, Can we just know, knock so them both out at optimistic? once? Can we well, knock hey, them both out at once? Next week, we're going to be real busy, too, because we got to cover all of E3. That's true. So we got to leave ourselves some plenty of time. We'll we'll go through the currently playing and the you know pickups a little bit faster. But news next week is all E three. Definitely yeah, all E three. I'm not gonna forget. You're screwed. I'll probably look to actually upload that podcast a little earlier than I normally would. So yeah, maybe we'll have it released on like Sunday, right okay. away, right away on Sunday. And then this one I'll probably release maybe this coming Friday. Or Thursday? I don't know. We'll give it some time. Either way, it looks like Toe Jam and Earl two weeks from now. 
And uh, Ryan and I are going to be dying with Wolverine and Ghostbusters 2, right? Ghostbusters 1? No, oh, Ghostbusters God. 2 is the one you kept saying, this is not so bad. And I was no, like, it really fine, wasn't. Please. Yeah, it really wasn't. But Ghostbusters- Although, when I was listening to Retronauts, they were like, straight up, fuck this game. Oh, They're yeah. like so pissed about the fact that Number like two? right at the beginning of the first level, you die if you go right because the enemy kills you. And number one? Yeah, and I don't even remember if we talked about... No, the one we played. You start Two. off in that sewer level, and you have to go left oh. instead of going right like every other well, side-scrolling platformer. Yeah. Oh, well, we went left immediately, I think. Yeah, well, because the spider thing is coming after you, but it's just like... I don't know. They were vehemently against this game, and I was just like, I didn't think it was that bad. Well, Look. here's your challenge. You have to make it to at least stage three on Wolverine. We'll play for a half hour and see what happens. Yeah. Who who made that game? Who who published it? I'll give you a hint. Oh God, the the rainbow one. Oh yeah, the shit rainbow. Oh, it's an LJN game. Oh why? And not one of the. Oh hey, this isn't so bad. Like the Punisher. No no no. This is like classic LJN. Like Brian, before James like, comes, we have to clean. Fuck does this have to do with the intellectual property kind of LJN game? We have to clean the game genies before he comes over next week. There we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it is a hard game. It's uh, and not in a good way either. So we gonna emulate or we gonna play it on an actual console? Oh, I'll bring my con my controller over here. I mean my uh, cartridge. Sweet. All right. Sounds good to me. All right. Well. I guess that's uh, that's terrible news and the uh, podcast episode this week. I hate you, James. You're All right, well, gone. your tears are delicious. They are delicious. All right, well, this has been John. I'm Ryan. I'm James, and we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators. Buy our merch. Buy it. <laughs> <laughs>